Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks. Just a very quick introduction from me here at the beginning. In this episode, you're going to listen to a conversation I had with English teacher and podcaster Stephen Devincenzi, who does a podcast about learning English with the news. We recorded a video for this, but we had technical problems. So only one part of that video is available on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, you will see it. It's the part where we discuss the pros and cons of using the news to improve your English. That's the only video part on YouTube. But the audio is fine and you're listening to it now. And this audio will be available everywhere, including YouTube as usual. And you can check if you're on YouTube, you can check to see if the automatic subtitles are available. And don't forget to smash or smack or some other the verb, that like button in the process. So yes, while recording this, we were plagued by technical difficulties um, while trying to do this episode. And in fact, this is the third time we tried to record. We did this three times. Um, about three weeks before this, we did another full recording of over an hour, which turned out to be unusable because of issues with lag and distorted sound and horrible internet-based problems. And then we set up another meeting, but we had to cancel that due to Stephen's poor internet connection. And then Stephen had fibre optic internet set up in his room, so he was ready to go. And then so did I. I got fibre optic. And then I got my electricity installed. But then my fibre optic internet went down, and it's still down. Um, I'm even now looking at the box. Yeah, it's still stuck. Uh, but despite the gremlins in the system, we managed to record this third version on Zoom with my iPhone working as an internet hotspot. So we, we managed to make it work in the end. And this episode is all about learning English with the news, the pros, the cons, the hows, the whys. Is listening to the news a good idea for learners of English? And how can you do it? Let's discuss. I'll chat with you again briefly at the end, but now let's get started. Hello, listeners. Hello, video viewers. Uh, welcome to this conversation that you're going to listen to me have now with uh, Stephen Devincenzi, who I'm talking to. Uh, Stephen is uh, a podcaster, an English teacher and a language learner. And... Um, He's the host and creator of the Send 7 podcast. That is Simple English News Daily. Seven. Why? Seven is seven minutes long? That's exactly right. Yeah, it is. And it's an acronym. So S-E-N-D-7, Send 7, Simple English News Daily in seven minutes. In That's, seven uh, minutes. Where it comes from originally, Luke. And well done on pronouncing my name right. That was absolutely perfect how you said it there. Devincenzi. Perfect. So, Absolutely perfect. But uh, where does that name come from? And in fact, where do you come from? So, uh, yeah, I'm Stephen Devincenzi and I'm from England. Uh, but my, my dad 
is from Gibraltar, which is that little peninsula between uh, Spain and Africa. And there, lots of people have Italian surnames for uh, some historical reasons. Italians went there 200 years ago, and uh, apparently my ancestors were some of them. So that's why I've got my Italian surname. Okay, but you're basically English. Yeah. Having, yeah. having kind of grown up in the south of England, southeast of England, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I live in Canterbury in the southeast. That's about uh, an hour away from London in the southeast mm-hmm. towards Dover. I've got a yeah. friend of the podcast. Actually, I made this joke last time. The fir- yeah. in, in fact, the first time we recorded, I made this joke. And uh, when the recording was lost, I just thought, ah, damn. And I, met, I came up with that funny joke off the, on the spur of the moment. So I'm About now going to do it again yeah. because long-term listeners will know that I have no trouble repeating uh, jokes if I feel that uh, people haven't understood them or heard them. So, yes, you, you're from Canterbury. Uh, I've got a friend of the podcast who's, who lives in Canterbury, Andy Johnson. Um, he, he looks like Moby and he likes running. Okay, he's, he's constantly running around the place, keeping fit. And so if you see uh, Moby running around Canterbury, then you can say, hi, Andy, from, from Luke. Uh, unless, of course, it, it, it is the actual Moby. Yeah. Uh, in which case you can say, oh, sorry, Moby, I thought you were someone else. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. No autograph, just... Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, I thought you were that. Andy Johnson. I, I do apologise. <laughs> it's because normally Andy is being... It gets, gets mistaken for Moby and people are yeah. like, oh, Moby, I just wanted to let you know that I love your music. And he's like, I'm, I'm not Moby. I know you're just saying that, but... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you do see Moby, uh, you can say hi. Either hi, Moby or Andy. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, I will. Okay, so tell, <laughs> tell us about your podcast, first of all. Uh, sure. What is it? Uh, we've got lots of things we can talk about. Making your podcast, which is all about the news. Also, yeah. I want to talk to you about using the news to learn uh, a language. Sure. And also, you've got your own language learning experiences that you've had as well. Yeah. So remember that conversation we had about three and a half weeks ago. <laughs> let's, yeah. just, let's just do that again, but okay. with less technical blips and, and glitches. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Higher quality conversation, even with less, qu- lower quality uh, video. Yes. Fine, fine. I think so. Yeah, good. Okay, well, shall I start with by saying my background? How about that? Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, great. Um, so uh, I'm Stephen and I'm from England and I live in, in Canterbury, which is famous for its uh, cathedral, uh, which is uh, where the, the, the head of the... It, the Church of England lives, the Archbishop of Canterbury. He's like the he's English known. Pope. Like the English Pope, exactly, yeah. I'm um, not sure if that's a good example, but uh, uh, anyway, yeah. I can't think of any other one. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm 31, and, uh, but most of my life I've been travelling and teaching uh, English most of the time. So after I finished university in London... I went to Spain and I was a teacher in Spain for a year and then I went to Australia where uh, they already know English quite well so Mm. I Mm. taught some taught some other things more or less more or less so I I, uh, taught some other things there and uh, then I went to India and uh, for a while uh, then I went to Thailand where I lived for a year and uh, taught in a primary school and then I went to Argentina where I spent two years, and uh, then I came back to England just a bit before the pandemic. 
Wow. I think. You've been around a bit, haven't you? I've been around a bit. I've been around a bit. So have you, Luke. Yeah, I've been about a bit as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not as many places. I've taught in Japan. Obviously, I live in France. Did some other teaching yeah. in some other countries and stuff. And a lot of time spent in London. But I haven't sort mm. of travelled around. Um, listeners, um, Stephen is drinking uh, from a cup of uh, mate tea. Yeah. Is that right? I am representing Argentina. Yeah. My, my uh, couple of years in Argentina here. Um, just in case anybody doesn't know what mate is, um, it is a a tea which you put in one of these little pots, which is made from a, a something like a like a like a kind of a, from the pumpkin family. Yeah, it's like it's a, a gourd. It's, it's a gourd, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, a made, gourd. Made from yeah. some sort of like a, a squash or something that's been tried exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like a squash. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is one part of it there. Um, and in Argentina and in Uruguay and in Paraguay, everybody is completely uh, fanatic of uh, drinking mate all the time. And during my two years there, I became slightly addicted myself and um i've kept up that since coming back here i still drink a lot of tea uh with yeah. my family and friends and stuff good, but good. also also drink a lot of mate as well yeah. when i can yeah i, I need yeah. to get into drinking mate it looks good and the mm. way that you can constantly just top it up all day exactly and it's full of vitamin c and stuff like that isn't it, it must be yeah must be yeah good. it's just they say it's got lots of vitamins i'm not sure how much is true but uh but it tastes nice anyway Fantastic. (laughs) You've been to so many places, though. What sort of stands out in your memory? Not just not, you know, uh, as well as like the the, the mate and stuff that you've loved in Argentina. (laughs) What sticks out in your memory is one of the, you know, um, traveling experiences that you've had that stays with you? Um, Well, I kind of separate my time into my time that I've been working and um, like mostly teaching English, as I've done in all of those uh, places I named. Uh, and then I've got other just general traveling experiences. Like I've been around uh, Asia quite a lot, South America. I, I know a lot of the continent really well and mm. Europe as well, uh, very well. So, but from a more teaching perspective, um, it's really different teaching in each, uh, in each place. Uh, they have really different ideas of what it is to be just learning English and how you should uh, learn English. In Argentina, a lot of people just wanted much more kind of conversational uh, classes and things like that. But in Thailand, people wanted something much more formal and structured. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can imagine that. Maybe in Japan, it was maybe something similar. Absolutely. It sounds very similar to Japan and France, so the two countries mm. that I've worked in. And yeah, in uh, in Japan, it's it can be very difficult to get the students talking. And a lot yeah. of the time, it's just spent desperately trying to like get get them yeah. to be productive and to actually talk and totally. stuff. Uh, for various reasons, you know, it seems people are a bit quieter. But then in France, teaching in France, where people are very talkative anyway, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't shut them up. Great. <laughs> not that great. I would, not that I would want to. Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. It's just perfect yeah. for a teacher because yeah. you know you give them a task, you give them things, and they will talk. And then if they are left idle, if you yeah. just leave them, if something happens in the class and there are just some people left doing nothing, they will yeah. just start talking to each other. They're like programmed Brilliant. to just like blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. the sort of Latin in thing in Brilliant. English. Yeah, they'll do it in English because they've got Fantastic. the right attitude. Yeah. Unless it's a gang of teenagers or something, but for the <laughs> most part, adults will do it in English, and that's great. Whereas yeah. if you if you start doing some sort of language work, 
especially on paper, they'll sort of glaze over a bit. Whereas the Japanese heads down, bam, straight into it. They, they do study yeah. a little bit more sort of formally in that way. Um, yeah, different teaching yeah. cultures um, or learning cultures. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. the work side. That is the work side, yeah. And then, well, you can ask me a question about uh, traveling more generally, uh, yeah. whatever. But yeah, I've, I've been, yeah, a lot of Asia and South America and, and Europe, I, I know pretty well. Yeah, I'm where's, happy to say. Um, where's your favorite place? Now, this is going to alienate Ooh. like most of the rest of the world now. <laughs> like, please say my country. But um, I don't know, what, what's your so current just- <laughs> favorite? Um, I think if I just had to, um, if I was given, you know, six months where I was only able to travel in one country, Mm -hmm. then it would probably be India. But that's kind of cheating because India is so big. It's kind of like 20 countries Mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, there's just so much to see and do and so many different cultures and types of people and slightly biased it is my favorite food as well yeah in the world so yeah but um but no i, I don't know indonesia a fantastic place to travel and yeah all of southeast asia and yeah where, where did you go south uh, america i can't get enough of in, in indonesia where did you go did you go to lombok island by any chance yes you did. yeah i did, did yeah you, did yeah. you climb up mount rinjani no i didn't actually no oh. i i was there around the time when there was some um volcanic activity yeah um but i don't know whether i would have done if it wasn't for that but i spent most of my time in the south i think and in the capital that i can't remember the name of uh mm. now um i don't remember either personally. yeah I just all i remember is rinjani and the did you did you climb, yeah, climbed, uh, rinjani then? yeah what i was did it, it like? with my wife it was it was <laughs> oh god it's a that's a whole other story for another time uh, yeah. I have recorded several episodes I've got about time. that. Uh, no, no, I can't go into it now. Uh, but it was um, it was a nightmare, and it was amazing both at the same time. I mean, it took three days. It was supposed to take three days. It took us actually longer, and we didn't do the full trek that we were supposed to do. This is where you like climb up the top to the crater, and then you yeah. you camp there and you sleep until two a.m. and then from two a.m. you start walking up to the summit, which yeah. is a you've got the crater rim and there's one section at the back of the crater where it goes, it rises up uh, really far again. So there's a peak yeah. there. And so you get up at two and you start hiking and then by the time you get to the top, the sun comes up. So the sun came up for us just as we were reaching the top, but it was at times it was seriously dramatic. It was cold and very windy and dangerous. I mean, it was just, yeah. there was no, medical rescue no helicopter nothing and there there were points where we were walking along a section of the path that was maybe you know 40 centimeters wide and just sheer drops on both sides because you're along walking along a ridge and then and and wind like strong wind and it's so cold your hands are like you've got to put thick gloves on your hands are freezing dangerous it's wind coming across my wife is walking in front of me and i'm sort of like trying to keep her steady and um, had to get something out of a bag. It was like, I think, a coat to keep her warm. And so I was like rummaging in her backpack with the, in this wind and rummaging in. And then a, a, a set of, I, uh, of iPhone headphones just whew, went flying off, oh, just <laughs> zoom, disappeared into the crater. 
Wow. Just wham, gone. And I was like, oh my God, you know, and then managed to get wow. the thing going. But yeah, it was really, really, uh, really crazy and dangerous. Wow. And tough. Wow. Was- I, wow. Can I, maybe I can say a story which is kind of comparable because it's in those same set of islands. Yeah. But do you know, all the way over the other side of that set of islands, you've got Timor. Uh, mm-hmm. which is split between the Indonesian part and the country, which is Timor-Leste. Yeah, um, which is in, Timor. Yeah, East Timor, yeah, which has been independent for 15 years or, or something. And I climbed a mountain there, but it was just the most remote uh, experience that I, I think I've, I've ever had. I, I, I stayed in the only hostel in the country, in, uh, wow. in, in Dili, in the capital, and um, to, to be able to get to this, this mountain, you had to travel. I think there was, there, was a, there was public transport to one small place in the mountains that was more or less close. Uh, but then from there onwards, there was just nothing. And so I, I set out at, you know, really early in the morning to uh, try to get uh, to this next little village, which was at the bottom of the mountain, which is called Mount Ramalau. And um, I just was just walking for a few hours until there was this truck which had lots of sand in the back, which mm-hmm. was going past. And I was like, oh, can I, yeah, you, yeah. you hitchhiked. And they were, yeah, hitchhiked. I hitchhiked exactly, exactly. And uh, was on the back and I got back with all the sand was ro- rolling around in the sand. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> and uh, they took me to this um, little town called Hatubulko or something like that. Mm-hmm. And must have been about 300 people or something. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I think the, there was one little place, which I suppose they call it a posada, which would only be open if anybody is actually there to stay. I was probably the first person who stayed there in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the lady was like, Ramalau? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And so she just like, she said, guide. And she just called out into the valley. So there's a big valley behind and she just went, like calling for the guide. She just called just this, like, like yeah, it's sort of like yeah. the olden days. She just Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just shouted out into the valley. And this uh, boy must have been about maybe 17, 18, walked up with a, a chicken in his hands, a live chicken upside down. <laughs> he was like, oh, Ramallah. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and um, we spoke in a kind of mixture between English and Portuguese. Yeah. Um, and he, he said, uh, okay, I'll get you at uh, two o'clock in the morning. And I said, okay, I don't, I didn't really know why, but uh, he came back and picked me up at two o'clock in the morning. And it was because it took a couple of hours to get to the top to see the sunrise. Yeah. And maybe it ended up something similar to, to your situation in uh, Lombok there. Yeah. We were, we were above the clouds at the top there. It was 3,750 odd uh, meters up. Uh, and um, I mean, it was grueling and punishing to get there because you're tr- climbing on sand and ash. Yeah, it's an active volcano as well, mm. and uh, there's smoke pouring out of it and stuff. And yeah, climbing up sand and ash in the baking hot sun, um, and you, you take two steps up and you slide down one step, <laughs> and and various other things. My wife got ill. I mean, the conditions I have to say oh, were terrible. I mean, there's no one there to clean yeah. up rubbish. There are guides who go up and down every day. Yeah. And uh, they just carry all the stuff in plastic bags. We, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my wife is from Paris and she's a little bit, she can be a little bit picky in terms of like, you know, just go to some slightly cr- crap average restaurant in London. And she's like, oh, I don't like this place. Can we leave? 
you know. <laughs> uh, and so here we were sitting on the mud floor in a clearing of a little bit of sort of woodland area on the side of this mountain. We we're sitting down so they could cook us lunch and they start getting the bags out and everything. So they were carrying this stuff on their shoulders. They start getting wow. their, their bags out to start preparing it and cooking it on this very um, disgusting, dirty stove, which is covered in grease and mud and stuff. And wow. they, one of them pulls out of his bag another bag. And now this is one of those plastic bags that you get from the off-license. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. listeners, this is just like your generic uh, brandless plastic bag that you get from the corner shop. You know, they, they're often blue or pink, very thin, very flimsy. So the guy pulls one of these bags out and in it, there's just some chicken breasts just wow. directly in this crappy bag. And he plonks the, the, the bag of chicken pieces straight onto the mud, just puts it down on the mud and gets out a knife, which is all scorched and dirty and greasy. And, wow. uh, and, my, and <laughs> I just remember looking at my wife and just seeing the horror on her face yeah. and the conditions, you know, no toilets. They, they, would, uh, they would burn plastic bags to get rid of them. Oh, yeah. so there'd be these little bonfires on the way and burning plastic. Yeah. And just like the, the, the physical demands of climbing this thing, it took so many, you know, such a long time. We were so exhausted. And yeah, my wife got unwell and it became that sort of a survival situation. It was just crazy. Anyway, we're getting really um, uh, sidetracked here by traveling tales. An enjoyable, an enjoyable sidetrack. Yeah. And, but anyway, when we got to the top, right? Um, yeah, we were above the clouds. So we saw the sun coming up through the clouds and you could see in the distance the peaks of some other mountains. There's one on Bali. Yeah. So we could see that. And it was just incredible. I mean, really the, the most amazing thing. So it was worth it. Did you see that too? Were you, were you above the clouds? I, yeah, just above the clouds and saw the, the sunrise coming up there. Um, it's a little bit further away from the other islands there. So I couldn't see any other islands. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, fantastic experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um. Okay, what should we talk about now? Should we talk about your podcast then? So when, yeah, when sure. you, did you set this up then when you came back to England? Yeah, so I'd had an idea of uh, of something like Simple English News Daily for about a year or so. Um, essentially, I wanted to combine two of my biggest passions, uh, one which is education and teaching English in general, and the other one which is uh, the news, world affairs, which I've been massively involved in all my life. I've been, you know, I'm one of these people who is just constantly reading newspapers, uh, articles, uh, listening to uh, news, radio, podcasts, things like this mm -hmm. all the time. Mm. Um, and I've always done that for hours every day. And, you know, I pr pride myself in being able to have a conversation about essentially any country in the world um more or less about you know the situation there yeah um yeah. Wow. and so combining these two things i came up with this uh, podcast simple english news daily where i would just tell the news in a slightly more simplified form using more simple english than is normally found in the bbc and other sources mm -hmm. uh, and condense it to make it just seven minutes uh, so that it can slot nicely into people's days. Okay. All right. So you say sort of seven minutes of simplified English news. 
Yeah. How, how do you simplify? What, what, does, what does that mean? What is simple English? What, in what ways are you grading your English for, for people? Um, I think simplified would be taking a story which is generally quite complicated. Sometimes they're not, but a lot of the time they are. Mm-hmm. And trying to find the most simple way of explaining it uh, so that the whole story can be condensed into three or four sentences. I like to say that it's generally an intermediate level podcast. So mm-hmm. maybe level B1, B2. Occasionally, it's not possible to use words which are B1, B2 words. So sometimes it goes into the kind of C1 territory. Yeah. But but most of the time, it's, it's possible to explain uh, a story in, in more simple uh, words. And I think hopefully for people who are spending most of their time learning English from textbooks and uh, through grammar and things like that, that this can be uh, a way of of getting just understanding real messages um, in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. Great. So, so kind of grading vocabulary seems to be quite a lot of it. You also speak a bit slower, don't you, in those Slightly. episodes? Yeah, 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 slightly. No, I don't think it's too far off. Yeah, uh, what um, what people would generally speak. Maybe yeah. it's a, a bit slower than the way me and you are talking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I know that after travelling the world all these years, whenever I'm speaking to people who have English as a second language, I generally try to make myself more easy to understand. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the nice thing to do. So that's it's probably a similar kind of speed to how I, w- I would generally talk to people who uh, have English as a second language. Yeah, there is a uh, there's a sort of an art to grading your English for learners of English. There's some people who know how to do it, and there's people yeah. who sort of don't. And the, Absolutely. The, the, the teachers, you know, the people who've been you know working in the field for a long time, generally we know how to um, grade our English and it's not necessarily to change the things you're saying that much although sometimes it's necessary to just sort of like use less idiomatic language or exactly give things very plain and simple but also it's a question of um, knowing how native speakers will squash a sentence Mm. and sort of not doing that while also uh, trying to sound natural because what we yeah. don't what you don't want to do is like go into what's kind of called uh, what would it be like foreigner t- foreigner speak which is yeah. like okay I go to market you come to market uh, <laughs> to tomorrow okay good I like I used to know I used to work with a guy yeah I used to work with a guy, an American guy who'd lived um, in Japan for so long that he sort of like started le- speaking like the, yeah. the locals so yeah. he would say to me Luke what Luke what will you do this weekend? Will you go to a restaurant? <laughs> like, that's how he spoke to me. Luke, what will you do? Go, like, no one says, what will you we, do? We go restaurant together or? Luke, I am going to a, I will go to a restaurant. You know, do you want to go? <laughs> do you want to accompany me to a restaurant? And um, I just thought, wow, you've been living in Japan yeah. too long. So uh, while not sort of adapting in that way, just yeah, like staying you, the same. You, yeah, you did say something really important there yeah. for a, a microsecond, yeah. which was breaking up the words. That's important. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, native speakers of, I think, of all languages have a tendency to squash everything together. Mm-hmm. So you don't know when one word 
ends and when another word begins. And yeah. yeah, so in the podcast, I generally try to make make every word distinguishable, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Because a, um, a, a learner of English yeah. might say, uh, so what are you going to do? What are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do? And that means, what are you going to do? Exactly. But we can't necessarily say, so we wouldn't say, what will you do? Instead, it yeah. would be like, so what are you going to do? Or what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but you know sort of breaking the words up but not speaking in a weird way still yeah, somehow I, being natural and normal i think i said to you before um that i actually speaking french because I, I speak a bit of french yeah i actually understand african speakers i generally understand african speakers better than i understand uh people from france yeah and i think that is because of this because they generally say each word separately. They generally say je ne sais pas rather than je sais pas. Bah, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which can be very useful. Okay, so it's kind of like the skills that you've learned as a teacher, learning how to talk yeah. to, to, to learners of English, and that's what you sort of try to do. So in terms of getting the news and then broadcasting it, um, how do you get your stories? Where, how, where do you get your news from? And how do you know... How do you? How are you selective about the stuff that you um, put into your stories? Yeah, great uh, question. And this is a, a really fundamental part of of what the podcast is, um, because we claim to be uh, unbiased and try to be as neutral as possible, which is sometimes uh, a very difficult thing to do in mm. this complicated. Uh, uh, what's it called? Post, uh, post-truth era. Post-truth era, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but to, to try to, to maintain what I believe to be uh, unbiased and to be uh, neutral, uh, I would generally just go to lots of different uh, sources. So Reuters, the Associated Press, both of them, they've got thousands of journalists all over the world. So that's a good start. And then you've got... Um, uh, some some more American ones like uh, the New York Times and uh, maybe CNN or something like that. Mm. And then you've got um, some for you've got Al Jazeera, which is from Qatar, which is uh, a really high quality uh, news source, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to know. Uh, in each one, if they've got a little bit of a bias, sometimes there probably, there probably is. I mean, you know, is, really, yeah. really, if you mm. just have a look at the world. Yeah. and interpret it then there's going to be some bias in there and i mean Absolutely. you know it's yeah. kind of like yeah bias is unavoidable but it doesn't mean that yeah. you should completely throw it away um, no, no, you know even absolutely. though bias is unavoidable we've got to be aware of it mindful of yeah. it and try to uh look beyond it and be yeah try and get information mm. from as many different sources as possible rather than you, for example yeah. just getting just only relying on the information that's being given to you by the single news provider in your yes. country, which is basically what the government is telling you is happening. So exactly. that yeah, might not be the most reliable source of information, considering where it's coming from. Whereas at least trying to get as many diverse sources of information as possible is probably what, what it's about. Yeah, uh, I think you've said two really important things there, Luke. Uh, the first one, which was, yeah, it, there are certain countries that really restrict uh, media access and actually disallow certain things from being said mm-hmm. and uh, have, really have a monopoly on information. And in those countries, you're probably not going to have the best 
information because if your government is actually worried about allowing the press to be free then they've probably got something to hide yeah um but also in the rest of the world where the uh, media is much more free uh there's been something which i've I've found a bit saddening over the last few years which is where people just seem to go oh it's too much uh i don't believe anything you know or i i i think all uh mass media is just completely uh evil it's full of lies yeah and uh if something is reported in the bbc then it must be a lie yeah and uh i think that this is a, a really bad way of of uh of of coming to the the problem uh, yeah, as that, well. And that's not to say that there isn't uh, misinformation in yeah. those, let's say, mainstream uh, channels. Yeah. Although mainstream media, I mean, that even that expression is a little bit... Yeah. I understand it refers to the major news sources like, you know, the BBC and so on. Yeah. But anything could be mainstream. Like YouTube is mainstream now. <laughs> Absolutely. So whatever someone yeah. says on YouTube, that's now mainstream media too. So, yeah. you know, the term... It's, you know, it's loaded yeah. when people are oh, the mm. mainstream media. I, but any everything's I, be- the I believe that actually today there are uh, more people who get their news from social media yeah. than from what we consider to be mainstream uh, sources, yeah. which uh, is, well, it sh- shows that really it's not mainstream anymore <laughs> yeah i suppose so um, <laughs> um and, and, and I, yeah i do think that that's uh, it's it's not great because um for example if somebody just makes a uh, a meme that says uh luke uh, uh robbed a, a shop uh two weeks ago and it can be spread around the world a million times and there might be a lot of people that believe it there's nothing that you could could do about it whereas if it's uh, if a, uh, a newspaper said the same thing then you'd be able to sue them and uh, yeah, take that's, them to court that's and, true. Uh, yeah and, and do something about it basically There's a certain and amount probably, of accountability and, involved that you don't necessarily yeah. get in social media but i was exactly. i was also mm. just trying to say that outlets like the bbc yeah maybe they do print the wrong thing sometimes yeah maybe of some of that some people are are not transparent there you know some people are probably um what's the word for it biased yeah and maybe yeah. they are working as a government mouthpiece but the bbc <clears throat> is a very broad organization yeah. you've got you know the funny thing about the bbc is that people on both sides criticize it yeah okay so if we talk Absolutely. about the left right if we talk about yeah. left right spectrum the people on the right say oh the bbc's like left wing it's like it's got this woke agenda and it's all mm-hmm. liberal and uh, they're social justice warriors and stuff and people yeah. on the left look at the bbc and say it's basically yeah. a mouthpiece for the government and it's just exactly. there to uphold the status quo and it's just essentially a a propaganda machine for yeah. the establishment you oh, know. a perfect example of of what you've just said is that during the brexit referendum yeah. the the brexit the people who wanted uh, brexit call said that the bbc was the Brussels Broadcasting uh, Corporation like saying that it was uh, in favour of Brussels, in, in favour of the EU yeah. and the people who were supporting uh, Remain called it the Brexit Broadcasting Corporation <laughs> that, that was the BBC <laughs> saying that no it's uh, too in favour of, of Brexit so yeah. yeah, I think that's for me that's quite a good show because it shows that it's not being clearly one way or the other yeah absolutely and also the other thing the BBC always tried to do was, was, be, was be balanced Mm. But then when you've got a situation like Brexit where there's yeah. one side of the debate, which is 
laying out all this evidence and it's like full of experts who really know what they're talking about, business leaders, you know, people who understand the economy. And they're all, the vast, vast majority of them are saying, no, this is a really terrible idea for these reasons, blah, blah, blah. And so that's like, you know, a large chunk of the sort of uh, community. And then you've got these fringe people who are sort of like bandying around... um, uh, very uh, uh, vague uh, promises mm. uh, about what will happen after Brexit. And the BBC goes like this, okay, so we've got all of these people who are giving out the, giving the reasons why it's a bad idea. Now we need yeah. balance. Yeah. And so they put in someone else like Nigel Farage, who is there to yeah. spout his rhetoric. And, That's true. But the, 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 uh, the problem with that is that it presents these two things as 50-50 in value, that that's balance. Yeah. It's like if you get, yeah. you know, if you get someone on TV saying, oh, you know, uh, just any scientist, like 99.9% of scientists who say yeah. that the earth is, is round... Uh, uh, you know what? I was model, just about to yeah. jump to this example. I was thinking, well, yeah, exactly. You could say you could have somebody saying, uh, you know, every, something everybody knows that the world the world is round, and have all of these scientists saying, yeah, of course, of course, we know that, yeah, one hundred percent. But then, if they have to have that voice on the other side giving their uh, uh, rubbish evidence, which is presented in a really uh, interesting way, which makes it look really colourful and uh, and enticing, yeah. yeah, you could you you legitimise. Uh, ideas which don't need to be legitimised. Yeah. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. And you you make it look like this is a, a this is an equally valid point of view, and it's just like, yeah. well, we'll just let you decide if we're the two of them debate it with each other. Mm. Uh, so there, yeah, lots of problems um, with with all this stuff and finding out finding the truth. But um, yeah, it's probably yeah. it's probably not an absolute thing. It's probably just like something you've got to strive for, a bit yeah. like democracy, you know, rather than mm. it being an absolute. Yeah, um, yeah. I think in in for the podcast and what I try to do is actually in general, even though we've been going to some you know controversial topics there, actually maybe seventy percent of what happens is not controversial, uh, which is which is in the news. You know, yeah. there's an earthquake in Peru, and uh, if you're reporting on that, then probably what they say between different uh, media channels is going to be very similar, and so. I don't have to worry too much about uh, what is presented there. And then if you have something which is more controversial, then I would try to look at, if it's political, I try to look at what the left wing people say, what the right wing people say, and then find what's common ground and say something which is in the middle is more likely to be true. And then if it's a conflict between countries, then something similar and uh, try to see what, uh, the majority of journalists from the majority of countries would agree with. Yes. Do you know? Do you know a um, sort of magazine slash newspaper called uh, The Week? Do you know? About yeah, I've the heard Week? of it, but I uh, don't know much about it. It's really good. It does a similar thing. It's basically a digest. So, so uh, that a digest, everybody, is when, for example, lots of information is gathered together in one place and summarised. So this is a news digest, The Week, and you can find like theweek.co.uk. And what they did always in their published version, the sort of print version, was um, they would read all the newspapers and essentially um, collect all of the a summary of what, what everyone's saying. And they collect statements from everywhere. And they say, yeah. here's the story. Here's what these people said. Here's what the Telegraph said. Here's what the Times said. This is what the Guardian says. This is what the Independent says. And yeah. so it's kind of, it's great. It just kind of, Basically, it doesn't just tell you what's happening. It tells you what everyone 
is saying is happening. Yeah. And it's quite a good way to get that, a nice That's fantastic. In fact, that is really similar to a different podcast idea I had before doing Send 7. Yeah. When I was still thinking about it, I also thought about doing one called The Media Matrix, which was going to be just that, where I kind of say what different uh, newspapers and different uh, channels say about each thing. But yeah, it's a good similar. idea. It's, it's also mm. quite a good idea in a way for uh, avoiding bias because you're yeah. telling you're saying what other people are saying yeah and and that's quite a good thing in conversation as well if you're just talking about news yeah. and current affairs you also have to learn not just to talk about your own opinions but to talk about what other people are thinking yeah. and as a teacher when people have asked me about the big sort of topics in the uk like what do people think of brexit although brexit yeah. i'm i'm not partisan i'm totally partisan about it and i'll just yeah. say i think it's a terrible idea but yeah, other things same, like what do people same. say about the royal family is an example a good example that's yeah. the sort of thing people ask me all the time what do you think about having a royal family and i'll sort of say well some people think this some people think that i don't really yeah. know what to think yeah. um i you know like rationally it doesn't make any sense it's totally stupid yeah. and who are these who are these people they don't have special powers you know yeah. it's like yeah. why 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 are they yeah. why are they in that position there's no reason yeah. there's no logical reason why these people are any better or can i can i give else. a controversial uh view on on the monarchy yeah is go that, ahead is yeah. that all right yeah okay um i i um i think that the queen is the least free person in mm. the country mm. and i disagree with the monarchy and not because they're all rich and they will have this um, special nice life but just because i think is it right for us to have somebody who is born and then not allow them to do what they want with their life but say you are going to have your entire life watched by everyone and you're going to go through your life in this really i'm sorry to say but narrow way and everybody else is going to kind of dictate what you do yeah. and things like that and then not really give you much of room of a room to escape because really if somebody in the royal family especially somebody who was going to be king or queen wanted to leave that life they're still going to be massively in the celebrity eye yeah, and at... this kind of thing so yeah. i i think i find it a bit perverse to be having the, this kind of co- uh, system in the 21st century. And yeah, I, I feel a bit sorry for people who are born into this because essentially, although they, they might have really, really nice lives, maybe they're not free in the same way that you or I am to choose what to do with our lives. Yeah. Um, yes, it's very odd, isn't it, really? Mm. I was going to say something very profound and very deep there. <laughs> And now I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> anyway. I'll believe you. Um, a side question, or maybe I'm bringing this back uh, back in. Uh, do your, does your show have transcripts? It does. It does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a, for, for a, a small contribution, people can access the transcripts. So, <clears throat> yeah, if people like what... Uh, Send Seven is doing and uh, like listening to us every day, then they can help us out to become uh, sustainable, which we are not at the moment. Really? Uh, and there's there no, not at all. <laughs> and there's a few a few people who are already um, who are already contributing. If you're listening, you are amazing. Thank you so much for uh, for for getting us to where we are. 
but um, yeah, but uh, we we actually just hit a million downloads last week, so I'm super okay. super happy about that. Congratulations! Yeah, that's right. I'm sure it's going to be a, be a hit if you if you put the the enthusiasm into it, and there's definitely a market for that, like shorter episodes. Yeah, if it's not six minute English, you know, an alternative to that, it's a good idea. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's bound to it's bound to do well, especially after you appear on on this show. I mean, come on. Yeah, the exposure exactly. you're going to get. Yeah. The whole world is going to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly, Luke. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, no, it's all right. You're welcome. So, um, um, learning other languages. You've you've yeah. learned. I'm going to ask you about this, and I'm also I also want to ask you about uh, good news stories, happy news stories, because you do include some of them in your episodes too, I believe. Yeah, uh, but a segment. If before we talk about. Um, before we talk about my language experience, if I may divert yeah. slightly, mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to mention um, your absolutely hilarious uh, comedy sketch mocking uh, newsreaders, which I think if anybody is a big fan of yours, they will have seen already. And then they'll see somebody who is, is here to talk about actually promotes uh, learning English through the news. And you might think, hang on a minute. Luke think that Luke thinks that's really uh, a silly way of doing things, but honestly, that was it. I, I showed this uh, to my girlfriend last night, and she thought it was absolutely hilarious because it is. It's brilliant. One thing I miss about the UK is watching the TV. I love watching uh, the BBC News, not just because of the facts and the way they talk about facts, but uh, uh, just the way that they speak on the BBC because they don't speak like normal humans. Have you noticed? For some reason, everybody on the BBC has to speak in this kind of voice. Some of the words go down, other words go up for no apparent reason. The whole report continues in this way. It sounds factual. No one really knows what the report is about, but the main thing is that it has to end on a very mysterious note. It's true. What's going on there? Huh? <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. Like, there's, I, I think there's, like, three different BBC voices. There's, there's like, the, the voice in the studio, which is like, you're watching the BBC, everything's fine, everything's under control, here we are in the studio, no problems, the Queen's still alive, <laughs> everything's fine. That's the studio voice. And then there's the radio voice, which is even more smooth. You're listening to the BBC World Service. <laughs> I'm not wearing any trousers, here are the headlines. <laughs> I'm sitting in a leather armchair drinking a glass of brandy. I'm cupping my balls right now. Here are the headlines. <laughs> and then there's the one where the, the reporter is outside, and that's intense. I'm outside and everything's dramatic. <laughs> I'm standing outside a building, and my voice is up here, because there's no ceiling to keep my voice in place. My voice could disappear at any moment. <laughs> in America, though, as well, they, they speak weirdly in the, on the news. Have you noticed? It's not the same as the, the BBC version. They've got their own special way of doing it. For me, the, the American news always sounds more positive and glamorous than it should do. You know, even when it's not appropriate for the story. When the police raided the serial killer's basement... <laughs> They discovered just a little more than they bargained for. Not sure that's appropriate for that story. Why is it so glamorous? I don't know. 
A lot of people learn English with the BBC, right? A lot of people learning English. Learn English, use the BBC, it's the standard. If that's the case, watch out. It might end up sounding a bit strange. <laughs> you can imagine you're there with your friends, like, you know, your native English-speaking friends. You're talking about how hungover you are or something. A typical English conversation. Oh, God, I've got such a headache. Oh, I hate myself so much. Ah. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> do we have to do it too? Yes, you do, fuckers. Just, ah, uh, no food. Eating is cheating. Just drink. But uh, we're supposed to enjoy it. No. Put beer in you. Oh, I'm going to die. Good. <laughs> I don't know what the plan is. Anyway, you're having a chat with your friends about how hungover you are. One of them is, one of your friends is a native, is a French, lear, French person learning English with the BBC. Let's call him uh, Jean-Pierre. Why not? <laughs> and uh, you're like, oh God, I'm so hungover. What about you, Jean-Pierre? And Jean-Pierre says, the scene was one of devastation. <laughs> the hangover struck in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sounds tough. <laughs> Certainly factual. What time did you get up? Witness report stated that I rose from my bed at approximately 10am before moving into the bathroom in a desperate bid to get my body clean. <laughs> then commentators are suggesting I moved into the kitchen in order to consume what can only be described as a breakfast of champions. <laughs> wow. Thanks for the info. Can you still do your um, your newsreader's voice? Yeah, of course I can. I, that's, you know, uh, I do that all the time. So, newsreaders <laughs> always seem to speak in this kind of voice. It's, there's this kind of strange intonation. You know, uh, like, what could it be? I'm sitting in an armchair and I'm speaking to Stephen Devincenzi from the Seven Seven <laughs> podcast. We've been talking about language learning and travelling. You know, that's it's such so accurate. It's so accurate. Very yeah, strange yeah, yeah. way and of Especially speaking. you say, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not going to try to imitate it yeah. because I can't. But how you said that they always finish on that mysterious note. Yeah. Mysterious notes they or something. They always have to finish every, every report on a very mysterious note. That's it. That's yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's always fantastic. like, I'm standing outside the da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, really, really <laughs> odd uh, intonation. So, yeah, okay, just to yeah. clarify this, right, listeners and viewers. So um, a lot of my followers will know, uh, you know, that I do stand-up. And one of the things I do in stand-up is that, is I copy the, the newsreader's voice. And also on the podcast, I have talked about this, and I often talk about this with my students. So th the situation is... Um, so I say, I'm talking to my students about how they should improve their English and they need to do plenty of listening. And I say, so what kinds of things could you listen to? And all of them almost always say, oh, the news. I'll watch the BBC News or I'll listen to the BBC News. And I kind of think, I wonder why that is people's first uh, thought. And that's it. They don't often have other ideas except Netflix, right? And I'm kind of thinking that there's lots of other options and I'm not sure that the news is the right option. And I've said that before. I've said, why assume that you should listen to the news as your source of English? And I question that assumption. Now, here yeah. I am talking to you, and you've got a podcast, <laughs> which is all about learning English from the news. Yeah, now, it's, <laughs> so in, yeah. Terms of the, in terms of the comedy, I'm doing it for laughs. 
Yeah. It's just a chance. Because then in my routine, I, I talk about, imagine someone learning English from the BBC. And it's like, you know, imagine you're talking to them about the, the, the crazy night of drinking you had last night. And it's like, oh, how are you, uh, Francois? And Francois, <laughs> who's been learning English with the BBC, you know, I'm like, how are you, Francois? Do you have a hangover? And Francois says, you know, what is it? Um, <laughs> what is it? I can't remember my own material now. <laughs> it was it, that's it. It was a scene of devastation. <laughs> the hangover struck in the early hours of the morning. You know, you know that he starts talking like that, and everyone's like, "What? What are you talking about?" So that's like my my routine. But that's I'm just brilliant. I'm, I'm doing it for laughs. You know, I just want to make people laugh. But okay. I'm questioning. So you can I, save yourself now. You can uh, you can say that actually it is a good idea. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> And then, um, and then in terms of what I say to my students, I just kind of say to them, look, um, I'm not sure the news is the, is the best thing to listen to. And there are various reasons. Would I, I'd yeah. like to discuss this and see what you think, but I don't want to undermine or criticise no. what you're maybe, doing. Maybe I can say why I think that you, you think that it's uh, maybe not the best idea. Sure, and, I can. Uh, and you can, maybe, maybe you can add something on if not. So, so maybe uh, it, you could say that obviously from your comedy sketch, you're showing that the, it's not a natural uh, voice that people speak in when they're telling the news. And so to always be learning from that, you could end up with this kind of unnatural uh, tone. That's definitely uh, a thing. Um, and I suppose you could uh, think that it's kind of impersonal language. It's not... Uh, that true kind of conversation yeah. uh, that people have. Because instead of um, saying, oh, I'll tell you what, it was a nightmare. I woke up at like 5am with a terrible headache and I felt yeah. awful. I had to go to the toilet. Instead, it's, you know, the scene was one of devastation, <laughs> which is exactly what how they report on earthquakes yeah. and things. Of course, you know, of course. Yeah, the, what, yeah. You know, what once was a thriving, bustling city has been turned to ruins. Yeah, uh, uh, you know what once yeah. was uh, you know a tidy bedroom had been turned to you know whatever so a yeah pistol. yeah yeah talk <laughs> that, that, that it's not just the intonation yeah. and stuff but the choice of words the, the, yeah. the word choice can be quite odd and you get these long sentences that seem to just sort of go on and on as they pack yeah. as much information in as possible yeah exactly yeah I mean they can be complicated yeah it can be more complicated than it needs to be which is in fact exactly one of the reasons that I wanted to start Simple English News Daily um, yeah. was, was just for that but yeah I think yeah as you say it, it can be unnatural it can be complicated it can be um I suppose um, on a, it could be unmotivating if somebody uh, just isn't that interested in it. Yeah, but that, possibly. That's the kind of thing, mm. actually, because in your case, I mean, you're a language learner, too, and yeah. you, you love the news. You just love consuming information yeah. about what's going on in the world. Exactly. But not mm. most people are not like you, I think. And most yeah. people just assume that the news is the thing. And I sort of say to them, yeah, but do you, are you just interested in news? Is that like your thing? Do you, yeah. do you consume a lot of news in your own language? And they're like, no. Yeah. So I'm sort of like, well, yeah. why, why, why do you think it's going to be the right thing for you to, to do in English yeah. then? You know, yeah. what you need to do is follow your passion and, yeah. and, uh, and just do it in English. So it sort of works for you. But for some people, they just sort of assume it's the thing without really having a desire yeah. to, yeah. to uh, absorb <clears throat> that kind of information. Totally. Yeah. And in fact, you know, a uh, strange thing to say when I'm uh, on uh, Luke's English podcast and I could possibly try and 
get lots of more uh, listeners uh, to, 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 to my podcast. But actually, yeah, if you're not interested in the news, then um, I would say, yeah, it's it's not the podcast for you. But I don't um, I don't think, to be honest, that many people would be listening to it if they weren't interested in the news. That is true. But, but then again, not. I literally <laughs> just not. said that people yeah. are listening to news even though they're not interested in it. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a win-win yeah, probably. You're probably yeah, fine. Yeah. But, oh, well, I don't know. But uh, in, ge- in general, thinking about positives of uh, the news is... One thing and one reason why I expect that a lot of your uh, listeners say that is because it is actually regular, fresh information yeah. uh, ev- every day. You know, something new which which comes into the world and is, is just produced and is ready to listen to or read or whatever yeah. or watch yeah. in, in this case. So, yeah. And um, although, yeah, there may be some people who just say, no, I'm not interested in that. It is actually, well, obviously, if you're me, it's very interesting, mm-hmm. but it's also just very important. It is actually uh, stuff which is happening all, all over the world and uh, can uh, have effects on people's lives in uh, many ways. Um, and then... Th- Going back to uh, the English itself, although it may not be uh, the most natural language all the time, it's it's going to be correctly spoken and a good model of, of how to speak uh, in general. Um, yeah, I sort of exaggerate the, the, the news voice because it's not yeah. quite as exaggerated as that. Uh, no, and if if anybody listens to Simple English News Daily and they think that I speak like that, then uh, you can please uh, send me an, an angry email or, or something. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think fundamentally it's great to just fit into your daily routine because it's something which is just, I mean, as fantastic as your podcasts are, there's going to be a lot of people who, uh, to, to listen to something like this, you know, an, an hour-long episode you probably have to go out of your way a mm. little bit to make that decision mm. that you are going to spend that time uh, listening to, mm. to this. Maybe mm. people listen when they're going for a walk, as I do with podcasts, or maybe people uh, put it on in the background when they're doing something. But with uh, with the news, and particularly with Send7, it's something which is it's you know seven minutes long, and it can be uh, fitted <laughs> is that a yeah, word yeah. it can be it can be slotted into into that uh, morning routine when you're making a coffee yes. when you're taking the train uh, uh, in uh, any time uh, like that so I, just... I think yeah I think having it as part of the daily routine is is easier and actually even if you're somebody who is not particularly interested in the news uh, you know you can get that information in seven minutes and then you can just Forget about it. You don't have to worry about any more news. (laughs) You've got it. For the rest of the day, yeah. I was just thinking, actually, if my episode is typically 70 minutes long, it's basically, Mm. I mean, like, I was thinking, like, mine mine is seven minutes too, listeners, viewers. My episodes are seven minutes as well. It's just that they they continue after seven minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You've got seven minutes with me. If if that's all you want is seven minutes, just do seven minutes and stop. Or you've got 10 seven-minute episodes, one after the other. Could you do. Know, so you, yeah. know, you know, I'm seven <laughs> minutes too. I'm, I'm joking, but um, so yeah, yeah like I, think- the, 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 I was just going to say that that so advantages right of using yeah. the news. So whereas, okay, while I mean, while maybe it's not the mo- it's not like natural conversational discourse. 
because yeah. you've got these different features of language. There's like grammar, vocabulary, pronunciation, uh, and discourse. Yeah. Right. And so this sort of relates to things like standards of style mm -hmm. and conventions of structure and lexis and stuff like that uh, for different yeah. situations and how mm. English is used and put together yeah. for particular purposes, the pragmatics mm. of English. Whereas it's rather specific in that in that sense that the discourse yeah. is maybe not the thing to 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 copy there mm. are plenty of other things that you could copy from it that are very you know transferable to yeah. normal conversation and for example the vocabulary is very it's it's really quite a high surrender value ooh nice uh, meta language surrender value this is basically when you're teaching to some students in a classroom and you're teaching them language and you think right is this language that they can just immediately go away and use mm. if it is that kind of language then it's got very high surrender value for example if mm. they are lawyers and they're using english contract law and stuff yeah. if you go through a bunch of common terms that you find in contracts and teach them how to construct them and avoid common errors with them and stuff that's very high surrender value because they can literally that afternoon go off and apply what they've learned whereas that's if true. you're teaching a bunch of i don't know nurses um some like vocab for playing football you know that's not very high surrender value so right. in terms of what you're doing you, you're talking to them about what's going on in the world and yeah. all the most current up-to-date things and so that is quite a lot that is high surrender value because it's just like yeah. this is what's going on today and yeah. it's definitely good fodder <clears throat> for conversations yeah um, especially if they complement that with knowing about this in their own language as well yeah if they if they have a background of you know a story which is in their own language and then they know these nuggets of uh, vocabulary and grammar uh, from hearing it in english then it can make it easier to talk about in uh, yeah in english uh, after that and of course i think we have to we can't underestimate people's ability to recognize when uh, English or how how it should be uh, spoken, so people know that when they listen to the news in their first language, it's done in a different way to when they're having a conversation on the street. So yeah. I don't, yeah. So you know this um, uh, comedic uh, situation of uh, Jean Pierre speaking like that. You know, it's it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yes, it's right. I mean, he's, he's obviously got the transferable skills from his first language where he knows, yeah, he's able to identify the different uh, register of, of English in the same way that it's the same register in French and stuff like that because in French news yeah. readers have their own way of, of doing it as well. Um, yeah. And uh, Next time oh, I talk to you, you can uh, you can show show me how the French do it, yeah? You can practice the, the okay. French news uh, news readers voice okay i'll give it a shot yeah, yeah i can't do it right now i'll do the american <laughs> one but uh, not the not the french at this point um but yeah grammar as well obviously there's tons of grammar in the news sometimes it's a bit it's a bit complicated yeah. but there's a lot of structural stuff there that you can certainly pick up and pronunciation yeah. as well um, i mean despite yeah. despite the uh, slightly unnatural intonation in some reports <laughs> a lot of the time the news is read like this especially if yeah. you're listening to it on bbc radio you might yeah. find that hello you're listening to bbc radio news here are the headlines Today, blah, 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 everything was fine. There were no problems in the world. Uh, every, uh, lots of people had sex and made lots of money uh, and everything and was good. All buses arrived safely at their destinations. All buses arrived <laughs> safely at their destinations. No uh, um, technical difficulties online. Everyone arrived at their English lessons on time. 
Um, <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, yeah. There's plenty yeah. of stuff. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. In learning English, I think all, all roads lead to Rome. You know, that whatever path you take, as long as you are enthusiastic about it and you're mm. doing it regularly, that that's yeah. going to take you to the right destination ultimately. Yeah. And Luke, in fact, uh, some of my listeners have told me that they are people who don't actually have time to study English these days, that they don't have time to take out a textbook or and, you know, do some grammar things mm-hmm. uh, or actually just that they don't want to and that they that their connection to English they want it to be something smaller and something bite-sized to just put into their day like that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I agree. But uh, if we start moving into my language journey, that that has been so important for for me. Having this l- little and often uh, method of of learning has been has been really important. How how has that worked for you? So, what's you you as a learner of English? Uh, no, you not English. <laughs> you you <laughs> you already knew that. Uh, but as a learner of what Spanish, French, and Spanish and French, Spanish yeah, and French. Spanish, yeah. I, so I, I speak Spanish fluently. Um, I make mistakes, but I'm a fluent speaker. Um, French, I'm. I have an kind of intermediate level. I can have a conversation, and I make a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. but I can have a conversation. And mm-hmm. then I can understand Italian and Portuguese, and. Uh, but really, if I'm trying to speak it, I actually just speak loads of Spanish. Uh, so it's kind of kind of cheating. Yeah. But um, yeah. OK, so French and Spanish then. And mm. so the news, listening to the news in those languages has helped, has it? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And that was a, a big motivation uh, for me. Of course. Yeah, it's true. I've always been a, a news addict. Um, so so that's been been useful. But I think since maybe maybe since I was at school maybe I was since I was doing my A-levels which I did in French and Spanish when I was uh, yeah 18 since then I've kept up this habit of listening to uh, the news in yeah especially in French sometimes in Spanish um, and you, yeah do you have a particular uh, process for improving your French with the French news I think for, for the, during the last two or three years, I've mostly just been listening to a, a couple of podcasts. One of them, is, uh, for anybody who wants to learn French as well, um, one of them is RFI uh, Français Facile. Their 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 podcasts, um, which is it's actually yeah, it's quite similar to mine actually. It's got ten minutes of of news. They normally speak about a few things from the world and something from France, and. Um, yeah, for from the process for me, there's not much process, Luke. To mm-hmm. be honest, mm-hmm. it's uh, I put it on when I'm making coffee and uh, having some breakfast. But maybe if there's something I don't understand, like what what was that? I'll because it's a podcast. I can click on the uh, backwards button, uh, go backwards thirty seconds, and and listen to it again. Mm. But really, more than anything, it's just constant practice because I think. You know, when I first listened to French uh, uh, news, maybe I understood 30, 40% of what I was listening to. And today I listen to, uh, I understand 70, 80%, something like that. So, and that is actually more than anything just from listening every day. And and that happens. But um, yeah. Okay. That's great. Mm. Shall we end in the way that they do on the news? And I think you do in your, in your show, which is to like do a bit of good news. 
Because yeah. it's, always, it's always depressing stuff, isn't it? War, you know, yeah. uh, sickness and all these things. Uh, corruption, blah, blah, blah. But um, uh, you do focus on some positive stories then yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, ab- absolutely. In fact, and one thing I do want to say is that um, the world is, believe it or not, becoming a better place all the time. And uh, you might not hear that if you're just uh, listening to the news all the time, but but it, it really, really is. Uh, people are living longer in pretty much everywhere in the world. There are uh, diseases that hardly anybody dies from anymore. And, um, and actually, even the Global Happiness Index uh, is actually showing that people just who are answering the question, are you happy or how happy are you, are giving the highest responses ever. Uh, wow. Since they've started uh, started that that survey, mm. but um, <clears throat> um, some uh, good news, um, maybe uh, some medical innovations have been have been uh, in- incredible recently. There's um, they've actually had a few people who have been cured of HIV, wow. which is which, yeah, wow, well, finally, pro- probably, right. probably. There's I think there's uh, three people who have rec- received this new. Uh, cure. I can't remember exactly what it what it is. This cure, okay. but um, but they think they've got three people who have actually been cured of HIV, and they've been trying to do that since the seventies. Yeah. So that's really incredible if uh, this uh, holds up. Yeah. And um, there's certain types of cancer where they've started to have a big progress with as well, like uh, cervical cancer, yeah. which is one of the biggest killers of of women. Um, they in the UK. They started um, using this uh, cervical cancer vaccine about five years ago, I think. And it's got something like a 90 percent reduction. Efficacy rate. Or or reduction in in women getting uh, cervical cancer, which is huge. It's absolutely massive. So and of course, because it's a, a long process, it's something which maybe doesn't end up in the news because yes. it's like over a long period of time they're 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 working this out. Yeah, um, that's right. Malaria, yeah, malaria. malaria vaccines as well. That's that's uh, becoming much more likely um, to to happen. Were you going to say something there, Luke? I was going to say last time we talked, you talked about how someone has developed a watch which will automatically. Um, uh, give you a dose of insulin, yes, no? or checks yes, your insulin. Did. It checks your insulin insulin yeah. levels. So if you are a um, uh, what do we call it? Um, I can't remember the word for it. Someone who's got an intolerance to who Di- can't deal yeah, with diabetic. sugar. Diabetic. If you're diabetic mm. and you need to check your level of insulin, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. we t- the reason I brought this up is because yeah. I wanted again to make the point where I was thinking, why is it that when... So I remember at school, there were some kids who were diabetic. First of all, they had chocolate biscuits in their bag, which was which seemed unfair. I was like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. it's not fair. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, no, they're diabetic. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. they would check their, their insulin level in their blood by pricking their finger. Yeah. And you, the, like, this is the medically accepted way of just getting a blood sample. You just prick your finger. But it just seemed to me like the A, the most painful and well, one of the most painful and B, yeah. one of the most inconvenient places to draw blood from your body was <laughs> on your fingertip, especially when you're at school and you're writing and stuff. Yeah. But why is it on the fingertip every time? I don't know. Yeah. But, but they, they didn't want to write anymore. And that's why. Yeah, maybe. So, maybe. <laughs> or if it's like, you know, run out of ink, just use your finger. It's fine. I, I don't know. <laughs> 
But um, uh, so there's someone has developed a watch which will prick yeah, and the skin. Th- this was a special uh, w- thing for me actually because I didn't find this out by yeah. reading the news. Uh, like I find out most of my information, I actually just went to a, a party somewhere and I just talking to a guy and he showed me this watch that he had and he said, "Yeah, this has completely changed my life." All of my life, I've been somebody who had to prick their finger uh, five times a day. Go on. So I thought you were going to say, all of my life, this watch has completely changed my life. All of my life, I've been late for things. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought you were going to say. Anyway, so (laughs) all of his life, he's had to prick his finger to get his blood. Yeah, Luke, this is a serious topic. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, but but seriously, he... um, yeah, so he's had to pick his prick his finger and get yeah. blood and do a test five times a day for his whole life, and then all of a sudden they they've invented this watch which which monitors his um, sugar levels or insulin level. I don't know enough about uh, diabetes to say this properly. Yes, um, and so he just doesn't have to do that anymore. And he said it's such a small thing, but for me it's just uh, it's radically improved my life, and. Um, I've seen since then, because this was about a year ago when I'd spoken to him, they've actually also, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's being used, but it exists. The same thing, but it, which automatically puts the insulin into people's bodies uh, as well. So they won't even have to uh, inject themselves. Um, wow. You need a, a, somebody who knows much more about diabetes uh, than I do to to give you more information about that. But in the, in again, the end, we won't have to do anything. You know that, don't you? Yeah. In the end, <laughs> yeah. humans, all we will need to do is be born. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, we won't really need to do anything. And they'll Maybe just we won't be even have to be born. Imagine, oh, that's a weird <laughs> philosophical situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving away from of uh, from uh, the the medical side. Okay. Um, this has got to be the last one. Just okay. Got to be the last one. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, have you ever seen glass frogs? Sorry. What? Glass frogs. Now, in, either this. Okay. You mean genuinely glass frogs, or it sounds like a, some kind of movie? Uh, no. No. It's you're no, talking about is, frogs made it, of glass. It is. It, they've discovered in Ecuador some uh, some species is species, species of of uh, frog, which are see through. Which are see through. So you can see all Wait, of their their organs. How did they in, discover the them? How did they discover them if, <laughs> if they're see through? <laughs> well, you know, the same way that you know that you've got water in your hand, I suppose. Okay, you know, right. something like that. So but they you can just, see their their organs and and things like that. It's really really funny. You can everybody who's listening can Google glass frogs now. Wow. Um, and yeah, you you know you can see that they're there, but they're they're practically see through. But you can just see their livers and, uh, and things like that. Amazing. I wonder, a bit gross. What's the purpose of that? I wonder because that's to me that seems more like a. That's more like an advertisement to predators, isn't it? Like if you're if you're a, a creature that likes to eat frogs, like having a see-through yeah. one, that's that'd be like here. It's like having a picture menu, isn't it? You know, it's like here are all the things that you could enjoy yeah. if you eat me. There's my liver. There's my heart. It seems more like a sort Maybe. of a, like Maybe. one of those Japanese restaurants where they actually put lacquered. Uh, demonstration plates of all the dishes that they yeah. that they sell. It's like here are the yeah. things you can enjoy yeah. 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 in this yeah. restaurant. Okay, glass <laughs> frogs, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Amazing. Um, 
I have some more, but uh, we're, we're, we are well over our time. Yeah, I've got to keep an eye on the clock because I've got to go and pick up my daughter and stuff like that. But I will, I will tell on the way home, I will tell her about glass frogs and, and <laughs> that sort of thing. That would be great. So um, the usual thing that we say at the end of episodes like this is where can people find you? And okay. I, this is on the internet, of course. Um, yeah, don't give yeah. any actual GPS coordinates. <laughs> but no, online, where can we find yeah. your podcast? So if, if for people who are using podcast apps, they can type in Simple English News Daily into their podcast apps, Spotify, Google Pod- Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Uh, Simple English News Daily. And um, on the computer, you can go to send7.org, which is uh, our website, send7.org. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. We're on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and things like that as well. And you can uh, send7.org, send7.org, that as well. But um, I don't know. I think that's I think that's it, Luke. I think so. That's good. All right. Yeah. Great. Can I say your pod room is looking fantastic, by the way. It looks brilliant. Oh, do you like it? Yeah, because when really, the last really time nice. we spoke, I hadn't set it up like this, right? Yeah, there were no, there wasn't stuff on the walls, so yeah, it's looking, it's looking, uh, yeah, starting funky. to come together, isn't it? Yeah, yes, I'm quite happy with that. Whereas my haircut, I don't know what's going on. I've gone for the, <laughs> I've gone for a sort of a George Martin Beatles producer kind of thing. <laughs> Need to get a haircut, but that's all right. Um, okay, look, it was really good to talk to you, and really interesting to have this. De- well, debate, some discussion at certain points about uh, all of the things we've been talking about. It's been really good. Good luck with the podcast and stuff and uh, have a nice rest of the day. Thank you very much. The pleasure is mine, Luke. Have Have a great day as well. You too. Cheers. Thank you. So thanks for listening to that, everybody. That was Stephen from uh, the Simple English News Daily podcast. Thanks again to Stephen for taking part in this episode. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section, as usual. It's always interesting to read what you have to say. What about you? Have you used the news? What about you? Have you used the news to learn English? And the second question, can you say that previous sentence? Can you say that? Have you used the news? Have you, 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 you what? Imagine you're talking to a person called Hugh. Ha- <laughs> no, you're talking about a person called Hugh and you're wondering if Hugh has used the news. Um, so you could say, has Hugh used the news to learn English? I don't know. Um, anyway, have you ever used the news to learn English? Did you find it useful? How did you do it, if that is the case? Did you have a particular method or did you just listen and just try and follow what's going on? Let us know your thoughts about using the news to improve your English. And if you've got any news of Hugh as well, that would be good. Hugh? What are you talking about, Hugh? What, Hugh Grant? Maybe. Or Hugh Laurie? I don't know. Any Hugh news? News of Hugh? If you have news of Hugh, what are you talking about? Never mind. So... Listeners, uh, if you're in the Paris area in May, sort of mid to late May, in fact, the 19th of May, to be specific, if you're in the Paris area, then why don't you come down to see me do a live podcast recording at the British Council? Um, I'll be doing a talk in English. It'll be a storytelling thing, a storytelling night, Um, because I'm all about the stories at the moment. 
just sort of really into stories and using stories and stuff. So I'm doing a sort of a storytelling night on the 19th of May at the British Council. Uh, it's it's going to be a story of culture shock. In fact, I'm going to be doing the uh, Sick in Japan story, which is a sort of a long anecdote about how I went to Japan and I ended up getting sick and I ended up in a hospital bed and I thought I was... Oh, it was horrible. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I tell the whole, I'm going to tell the whole story on the 19th of May and I'm going to record a podcast while doing it. So if you're in the Paris area, just go to britishcouncil.fr and then click events or événement in French. And um, then uh, what happens then, Luke? Uh, Then you can scroll down and you should see uh, a post for my talk is going to be something like storytelling, culture shock, live podcast recording with Luke Thompson. So it'll say something like that. Uh, you can click there and just sort of like uh, book a seat. You don't have to pay. It's completely free. Everybody is welcome. You don't have to be a student at the British Council. Everyone's welcome. But you just give us your name so we know how many people are coming and we just get an idea uh, of like, you know, who's booked in advance so they can get a seat. Okay, so uh, BritishCouncil.fr events and then find uh, the post for my event. And that's how you can book yourself a seat. Okay, that's going to be interesting. I will be publishing that, as I said, on the podcast, if it's good. I mean, if it's terrible, if it doesn't work, if it's rubbish and there are no people there and, um, you know, it's a total disaster, then I probably won't publish it. But if it's any good, then I will share it with the audience. Okay, but if you want to see it happen live, come on down to the British Council in Paris and there'll be a chance to have a drink afterwards. Okay, right. Well, ladies and gents, that's it for this episode. I hope you have a nice morning, afternoon, day, evening uh, or night. And I will speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 